0: to season three of the dare to believe podcast i'm christy grainer and i'm rebecca rivnick can you believe we're in season three rebecca
1: yes you can
0: only because i've had some time to think
1: about it. yeah and you've been editing all the podcasts (laughs) so you know that's true but we're glad you're here and we do want to challenge you to dare to believe god for greater things in this season of your life
0: I'm Rebecca Ribnick, and I'm here with... Christy Grainer. Hey, Christy. How are you, Rebecca? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. This is a unique season. It is. Are you surviving
1: being kind of staying at home and and being non-social?
0: You're you're a pretty social person. (laughs) Pretty social person. Uh, I am virtually very social still, so that's helpful. You are. You're playing games with your friends. Yeah, playing games online and over a lot. Really grateful for Zoom right now, and uh, a lot of phone calls and walks and things like that. I definitely miss people and that interaction. But now I'm thriving because I I think that it's a really unique season. And in this season, the gospel's true or it's not, and we get to see that played out. And where you have really anchored yourself is being made evident right now, not to say I haven't had moments of swirling or concern or fear or whatever, but there is an actual peace to be found in Jesus Christ. And it's really apparent right now. So I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm.
1: And weariness is real and grief is real. And people are having hard struggles and God is still God. He's still good, and he's still on the throne. Absolutely. How to see that. I had a very uh, interesting conversation with a a friend of mine who's very prophetic, and he had had a a picture from the Lord about this season. And in the picture, he had a puzzle in front of him that was all spread out on a table, and he could kind of tell the pieces hadn't been put together yet, but he could kind of tell this is not a very nice picture. He didn't like the picture, and it was... um, he was feeling like, I don't know that I even want to put the puzzle pieces together because it's not so good. But he was put, he was putting the puzzle pieces together. And he saw a big hand come down mm. and flip the puzzle piece, one puzzle piece over and then another. And he saw uh, that as the puzzle pieces were flipped over, that it was a good picture on the other side. So he, what he was saying is, I felt like the Lord was telling me that it's up to us whether we partner with heaven and see things from heaven's perspective or we look at things from the earthly perspective. It all, earthly perspective, it looks pretty devastating and pretty, that's all you see is negative. Yeah. But from a heavenly perspective, there are some, there's some good things coming about. So what is that? And so I thought that was a great perspective. Yeah,
0: that's a really great, a great word picture too of just, because we don't want to minimize the suffering that people are experiencing, and uh, I have some friends that are, have gone through some pretty intense stuff in this season. I'm in contact with them and other people, and there there is definite loss. There's definite grief, even for those of us who our worlds haven't changed too much, and we're not we're physically strong, and the our economic situation isn't really impacted as much there's still grief for us, just leaving the normal pattern. But there's other people who are really, their economy, the economy in general has changed significantly. Their personal finances have been... Uh, depleted and their jobs maybe are gone. Uh, There's people who are physically ill or have family members who are physically ill. And and unfortunately, there's people who have died. So we don't want to make light of any of that. And I had a couple of days last week, actually, where I was moved to tears while I was in prayer a few times because I felt the grief that God was feeling for those. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We need to understand God grieves with those who grieve. Yes. And so that that grief is, is the Lord cares about it and feels it. And so often the people mm-hmm. that are most impacted are the ones who are vulnerable. Yeah. And who are just yeah. taken advantage of anyway, who are just in a really vulnerable position. And the Lord is so grieved by that. It was heavy to feel the grief of the Lord for that. Yeah. And so there is there is that aspect, but at the same time, I won't even say but at the same time and at the same time. And yeah. It's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. Every pile of ashes will be turned into a crown of beauty. And I don't think this is there's any mistake
1: that all this is happening at Easter time, right before Easter, the Passover, all this is going on. There's such a spiritual shifting that happens this time of year no matter what. That's right. And it just this adds to it. Yeah. So it is really in it the most unusual Easter season, Passover season, Holy yes. Week season—that I've ever walked through.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely is. You know, when things kind of a few weeks ago in the United States, we had our, the president make the first announcement to limit travel to Europe, and that kind of set off a lot of the the shelter at home and kind of the big a fear bit swirl. Of a panic. Yeah, yeah, fear a, pa- swirl. a fear
1: swirl is, what yeah, it is. A pan-
0: yeah. There was a panic that kind of came off. Not to say the president did something wrong or anything like that. I'm just saying that's what came uh, over the U.S. at that time. I remember saying, I uh, said to my roommate, Man, it this feels really crazy out there. And as I said that, I, re- I was reminded of at the Passover every year during the celebration of the Passover called the Seder, we asked this question, we say, why is this night different from all other nights? And that just jumped into my spirit. And I felt like the Lord was saying, this is just like the Passover. There's panic outside. There's a plague of some sort outside. And I, I do think that the real plague is fear. There is a virus. I'm not saying there's not, but the real plague is fear, and that you need to stay sheltered under the blood. As you mm-hmm. stay sheltered under the blood, it actually passes over you. Fear can pass over you, mm-hmm. as as you stand under the blood. And in the morning, You're in right? the morning, there will be the biggest move, mass exodus we have ever seen of people from bondage into freedom. And I do believe we are on the verge of the greatest move of God that the world has ever seen. You know, if you look in the story of the
1: Passover, when the Israelites left Egypt, what, they had gold, they had silver, and there
0: were no frail among them. They plundered Egypt and right. overnight so, were healed.
1: Yeah, so, so yeah, and as you read that scripture, you can easily assume or, or discern from that that there were frail people before the Passover meal then with the taking of the Passover, which for Christians is communion. That's when we celebrate communion. Then the, then the illness leaves and poverty leaves. And so what is poverty? I mean, it, it, there's a lot of a lot of definition to what poverty is, but the Lord brings blessing when we partner with Him in the what, what the sacrifice right. was over our right. lives. Yeah. So people do ask me because a lot of what we do here is dealing with ungodly fear and things. that fear traps people. It really does. And so people are saying, well, how do I, I am afraid. So how do I feel my fear and not, is it, when is it, uh, uh, when is it ungodly? And uh, I don't, there's no simple answer, but basically what I tell people is fear is an emotion. God gave you your emotions. If you feel fear, you feel fear. I mean, don't tell yourself not to feel something you're feeling. But when we read in scripture that uh, an ungodly spirit controls you, when fear controls you or when anger controls you right that's when it's an ungodly stronghold so feel fear but don't be controlled by fear right and feel anger and don't be controlled by anger and feel sadness but don't, don't be controlled by that you, you, those are emotions right when things control us and we can't get out of it that's when it's it becomes an ungodly stronghold in our right. life yeah whether it's small or whether it grows to be bigger
0: yeah, so. it's it's a good time to to recognize where we're trying to control the situation. Where where is my actual confidence? And I think that's a big part. It's like what do I yeah, be smart, wash your hands and right. Ab- abide by guidelines. We we honor the guidelines that the government set for but us. But don't be controlled by it. But don't be yeah. controlled by it. That's right.
1: So, but it's interesting right in this season as well, the our our class on dream interpretation has been released. That's interesting cuz dream and we're getting a lot more interest in the in what we're releasing in dream interpretation, and a lot of our, if you, if you people who are listening now have listened, you know that this is our third season, and we've talked, we've interpreted a lot of dreams, but one that particularly is in on our mind lately is one that came, was dreamt in October, and we invited the dreamer, Steve, to come <laughs> and talk to us, because this is just extremely interesting, what God was doing, so hi, Steve.
2: Hi, how are you?
1: Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. So back in October, you had a dream mm-hmm. and I'm going to read the dream and then I, we're going to talk to you about it. OK, or do Sounds you want to good. tell us the dream?
2: It, either way.
1: Do you remember it well enough to tell it?
2: I can certainly try. Um, there were several parts to it, but the part that we're primarily talking about today. Um, well, I
1: tell the whole dream,
2: including with you.
1: Yeah. Well, it's not me. For sure, it's the Pope, right? <laughs> right? But I would I have, claim it's the Pope, i the Pope. The Pope <laughs> I, would,
2: I would have to look back at that part. And Here, re- let, me, re-
1: let me read it to you then. That sounds okay. good. That's a yeah. super way. Okay, so there are two parts to this dream. The first, and actually there's three, but right. yeah, so when we interpreted it, we realized there was three. Um, the first part was that I was watching a soccer game on a mountainside and my with my wife, and we were sitting above the game on a large hill. So it was extremely beautiful scenery around. The game had finished, and someone yelled up from the field that the Pope wanted to speak to us. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I'm claiming I As I'm the, the Pope, Pope does. <laughs> the Lord, yeah, the Lord Typical. didn't necessarily say it was me, but I'm discerning it's me. So, anyway, okay. Because I know Steve, and that's why I think. All right. They, uh, they yelled up that they wanted to speak to us, and the Pope arrived, and it was actually a middle aged woman. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and no, that I received middle aged, you know. Um, I told her that, quote, God is telling me her interpretation is accurate and good. (laughs) Can you see why I thought it was me? (laughs) It makes perfect sense. (laughs) I asked if that resonated with her, and she said that it meant something to her, but that it was for the future. My wife and her had a conversation that I could not hear, but it was a joyful interaction. An RV or a bus later pulled up to pick up the Pope. It was an all-female security unit. I walked... um, to the door and asked how we knew that they were really there to protect the Pope. So she removed her sunglasses and it was a familiar face. So I said it was okay. The Pope climbed on and they left. And as I was walking back to where we were originally sitting, the dream shifted and I was observing something completely different. A teenage, what I assume was a Japanese family, was walking out of a very modern house with a mask over his face and nose. He told us that his father... Uh, He told his father that he needed fresh air and wasn't feeling well. As he walked out, he made it just a few steps before collapsing. I then heard someone say the sickness is spreading. The picture started moving towards a hospital. Along the way there were many bodies collapsed and dead on the ground. The hospital was filled with bodies on beds and on the ground. There was a family of all women placing a deceased family member onto an altar as a dedication to God. This didn't feel weird or wrong. Two women looked at each other and said that everyone is falling for this deceit. They climbed into the second floor Where there was a hole above the altar and they began turning on showers so water could fall below onto the altar and saying that god did not give this sickness and it's a lie some of the dead began to rise once they heard that um just a
0: really interesting dream (laughs) it's very interesting so basically you saw east asia in your dream you saw east asia have some sort of pandemic outbreak Mm -hmm. here they say it's spreading people are wearing masks they're dying Right. And there's the revelation, there's some sort of deceit. There's people taking bodies up to an altar. And at at the end of it, the conclusion is there's an outpouring from heaven that brings the dead to life. Isn't that awesome?
2: That is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I'm listening to it. It it sounds kind of funny and it makes me chuckle a little bit at times uh, having you read it back to me, but I remember it now very clearly and that's, it is what it is. And I do believe that it was divinely given and it's yeah. very interesting, considering everything that's going on right now.
1: In October, and in October, we didn't know, we didn't even did we have even heard about coronavirus. No, virus? no, yeah, no. I don't know when we started to hear about things. I mean, maybe
0: December. Jackson,
1: probably in December. So, what, what, how does that feel to know that the Lord would speak to you way ahead of time about things that were coming?
2: It's amazing. I've uh, I've been praying for divine dreams, and uh, I've, I feel like I've had two that I woke up and I was in a haze for uh, probably the rest of the day, knowing that something supernatural occurred, and this was obviously one of them. I didn't realize the accuracy, necessarily, mm-hmm. or the interpretation would be almost spot on.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, literal. so literal. So literal, Yes,
2: so literal, and it's it's amazing that God will speak to someone like me, <laughs> someone who's not in ministry, who's... Just your average person, who or loves least, the Lord. Yeah, who loves the Lord.
1: See, and that's the only thing we need is to partner. And actually, Acts tells us that the Lord is pouring out His Spirit on all people. Yeah. So, even people who don't love the Lord, but you, when you love the Lord like mm-hmm. you do, you have a like a direct connection. to, right, the, to the, right. Yeah. People who know, who believe, who have the Holy Spirit in them, are the best dreamers because their dreams go on and on and on. When mm-hmm. we d- interpret dreams for people who don't know the Lord, they're usually pretty short and short and sweet. They're profound, sure. but they're pretty short and sweet. And people like you have a conversation with the Lord. You're just dialoguing. (laughs) He's telling you stories, and but also here he's kind of encouraging you. There's a you're in a beautiful place. Right,
2: right.
1: It's all nice stuff, but you're you're looking down, and I think that's pretty profound that you're looking down on on the game. So it's, Mm -hmm. and I don't remember even what I what all I interpreted for you, but the being up on a hill looking down, the Lord. That's a lot of times what intercessors see. You're up. You're up high looking down at the game on the field. Interesting. So the Lord has you up in a high place showing you what's going on down there so that you will intercede for what's going on. But I don't think I even saw that in the first time I interpreted this for you.
2: Right, right. Yeah. yeah it's it's very it's very cool what the Lord will show you and what he gives to you.
1: Yeah. And I know when we interpreted this first time, I think this is a great example of you can even get the interpretation wrong. And you still are blessed by the Lord because Brian, you really, he unfolds it as you walk it out. Yes. Because um, we got part of it right. Part of it. we I don't think we did because I'm looking at this person with the mask. I don't I don't think they're you know, I think it's metaphorical somehow. There can't be a pandemic coming. I just I mean, I think there's just something in. Me that doesn't want to believe there's going to be a pandemic coming, you know?
2: I think that's probably like most people.
1: Right. You don't want to buy into <laughs> no, that. No, you certainly don't. I don't no, want you to don't. that. No. Yeah. But the Lord was showing you that because you're an intercessor, because you sit in that high place on the hill, and you're, you're agreeing with heaven over, over what's coming. Um, and I, I believe even if you didn't literally know I'm called to pray into whatever this is, You know how to partner with the Lord, and you can pray in spirit. You can pray just quietly. You can pray however the Lord leads you. You can still be praying into whatever's going on, Lord. I don't know what's going on, and He still works through you.
2: Yeah, He does. He definitely does.
0: Yeah, that makes me think of two different things. And Amos 3:7 says, uh, "Surely the Lord does nothing without revealing His plans to His servants, the prophets." So there's nothing that occurs on this earth. That he hasn't, that first off, that the Lord doesn't know about, he knows about it. And secondly, that he actually hasn't given foreknowledge to his servants, the prophets. Now, I think there's something about the prophetic voice gaining annoying. momentum in the church again, so that we can foresee some of these things and, and partner with heaven and say, okay, how do we prepare for this? How do we pray into this? How do we pull God's good into this situation? But I also want to back up and say, I was reading uh, this week about Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 1, the Lord is is training Jeremiah to receive the prophetic words and Jeremiah gets really negative words all the time. He gets he gets he's called the weeping prophet for a reason. He's weeping over the prophetic words he receives. And in his his training, he, God says, "Jeremiah, what do you see?" And this is all in Jeremiah 1 and and he goes, "I see a I see a branch." And God says, "You saw well." And he doesn't have the interpretation for what he's seen at the time.
1: He's growing and learning. He's yeah. growing
0: and learning. He just Sees and he shares what he sees, even though he doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. So I think there's, there's a lot of grace to say, this is what I saw and turn that back to the Lord and be like, I don't understand it. You don't have to understand it. Well, I think that's the point. You don't have to
1: understand it. And yeah, there is grace, especially in the new covenant, um, New Covenant prophetic.
0: Absolutely. Yes. That's great. Say, I don't understand what right. this is, but you do. How do I partner with this? And even before you under- have full understanding, you can say, Father, you, you gave me this this revelation of this thing. So I just say amen to what is in heaven and say, well, how, how are you seeing this? And just have a, it's an invitation into relationship with him over that Well, the and matter. Steve,
1: what I think is powerful about this is, so you shared it with us and with a few other people, and we shared it with... <laughs> Hold on. How a many, lot of people. I, how I many many people are listening to, to our podcast. We shared it a lot of people. We shared it in our ministry school. Just like, this I, actually, I got
0: a few texts even recently from people that were listening to it being like, whoa. Right.
1: <laughs> well, I did have somebody that around in January said, when was it that that guy had that dream about that <laughs> pandemic thing? Yeah, because so you released a truth and the body of Christ grabbed onto it. So you, in a way, were prophetically declaring this is coming, you, but you weren't doing it like Sitting out of a soapbox, declaring there is a pandemic coming, and you guys didn't no, repent or anything. didn't cross my mind. Yeah, right. But you did. You right. shared it. Right. And the Lord worked through that in a powerful way. Right. And yeah. people are praying differently because they knew. Oh, there was a dream. We heard this dream that that was coming, and what I think is really cool. Um, she was talking about the Lord doesn't do anything without telling His prophets, and so it speaks to the the last part of this dream where. You know, people might say, is God bringing this disease? Is he punishing the world? Is this because of sin? Well, all disease entered the world because of sin. So in a generic way, you can say, well, it's because of sin, but it's not because God's throwing disease at people. It's because disease entered the world. And that deceit that it talks about here, two women looked at each other and said, everyone um, is falling for this deceit. And what is the deceit that everyone was falling for? I think is that um, when, let's see. They begin turning on showers so that it could, so they're cleaning up the altar, saying that God did, did not give this sickness and it's a lie. Mm-hmm. So that is the deceit that people were falling for. Right. That God gave sickness and that that's why people were dying. Yeah. And when people heard, and then when that was cleansed, and when people heard that God didn't bring the sickness, the dead were coming to life. Right. And that, like, come on, Lord, this is...
2: It's pretty amazing. It's pretty that's amazing. Awesome. And so we, that's what God gives. God gives life.
1: Doesn't he? Yeah. And so we come in agreement right yeah. now that, yes, that people will not fall for the deceit, that the truth that God brings healing, not death and destruction. Mm-hmm. There's only one that kill, kills, steals, and destroys, and that's the enemy. And Jesus came to bring life and bring it to, to abundance. And yeah. So that's what's going to come out of this. Yeah. And that's, so that your dream is walking that totally through. Yeah. That's beautiful.
0: <laughs> I, I will, I will t- zoom out a little bit on that and say, God is never the one causing these diseases. It's it, like, let's zoom out, say sin, it, the, the sin uh, in the world is where, where disease is coming from. Exactly. It's, this this is a, a truth that is going to enter in the body of Christ. We will be the healthiest place on earth as we realize what we have access to in the atonement, what Jesus's blood has bought and paid for us, what that Passover blood the blood of the lamb that we celebrate this time. We start, start Wednesday night. We start uh, timestamp this. We start just a couple of days here to have Passover. Passover yep. And then we, on Easter Sunday, we're celebrating the blood of the lamb, the, the finished the work of the cross. You we bet. just say over all sickness, the finished work of the cross is sufficient. The blood of Jesus, Hebrews 12 tells us, speaks a better word. So
1: the finished work of the cross, I, I understand what you're saying, but for somebody who doesn't like, what do you mean the finished work of the cross? Can you
0: explain what you're saying? Yeah, I'm that? saying what Jesus bought and paid for us with his blood at Calvary. It's done. So what, what was accomplished right. at, the, at the cross? And Isaiah 53 does a beautiful job mm-hmm. prophetically declaring that we are completely cleansed, hold, restored spirit, soul, and body. And I believe in that dream, that's what
1: you were seeing as... The, the water was washing over the altar, that people were blaming this on the Lord, but that the Lord's bringing truth from the higher place, from heaven, and cleansing that away. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yes. Uh, another thing that you spoke, and I, you know, it's interesting, is that how many women were in your dream.
2: Right, That that's something that stuck out to me right away. The next morning, I, I obviously told my wife pretty much instantly. I can't remember. I think I did actually wake her up right after it. Um, but it was... So obvious that it was such a, a female focused dream. Um, I really think that women are going to be placed in higher roles and accepted by men where I don't think that they've always been accepted. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to um, step into their God given role as complete equals with men mm. where we don't always see that. And so I think that is that's something that's my interpretation. That's what I, I felt right away.
1: You know, that's something that Gary and I have felt all of our life, that our, our, of our married life, that our, um, our relationship, and we're learning it as we go. I mean, it's not that we're experts, but we're learning it as we go. We've been married 36 years, so there's still a lot to learn. But um, God created mankind in his image, male and female, he created them. And from the beginning, the enemy came between that, between right. Adam and Eve, between male and female. So it shows to up us and me and a lot of, You too, obviously, that God created men and women to be in partnership. And when we're in partnership, we're very powerful. And where did the enemy first come between men and women was there in the Garden of Eden. Because he's terrified we will be powerful and partner as men and women together. And so that's interesting. I I just interpreted a dream for somebody yesterday. um, And it was, they were off in Asia (laughs) doing some stuff. It's interesting. But um, they were in a... In a, like a, cleansing, a a factory that was making some cleaning things, and all the people working in the factory were tiny women. Hmm. And she was like, why were why these women tiny? I don't understand, hmm. but it's interesting. So God, that seems to be a theme here. Right, Is come that, on, that's yeah, awesome. And, and we read a book by Ed Silvoso here in our school. Uh, I love this book. It's called God's Secret Weapon. You don't like it, Salvoso?
2: No, I was just making a face at Rebecca for fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks, Steve. So, okay. So, Ed Zoboso, here at the women' God's secret <laughs> weapon, and this is a book he wrote over 20 years ago. And he believes that the end time harvest will start with a revival from the Middle East, where the women who have been covered and held back so much are going to be the ones leading the the revival. And that's starting to happen in the Middle East. That's women are rising oh. up and leading. So it's interesting, isn't it? Is. It
2: is. It really is.
1: And we, But it's not women
0: leading it and leaving men behind. That's, no, no, no.
1: It's partnership. Exactly. It has to be partnership
0: for right. it to be powerful. For women to be in their, their God-designed role, it means men are actually released to be in their God-given role, right. too. So right. they're going to be the most free, the most alive, the most powerful they've ever been when women are the most free, the most alive, most powerful they've ever been. That's how it works. It's right. Not, not it's not one over the other. And the the truth is, the truth to be seen here is that God is not more male than female. We we equate that because of the father and the manifestation of Jesus as, as the son, but God is completely male and female, male and female are created in his image image, together. We reflect him. Right. And we, we can't apart. So that's, that's just a really, really awesome thing. So how does it now? Looking at where you sit now, as opposed to where you <laughs> sat in October when you got the dream. Yeah, but this is and here. In April. Let's pause real quick. When you woke up in October, you knew that this was a significant dream.
2: I did. Um, like I said, I've had this happen twice now with dreams where I woke up, and I guess the best way to describe it... This
1: makes me want to hear your other dream.
2: Would be... uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've said that twice, and I was like, i want to hear this other dream. This is a pretty powerful dream, so what's your next dream? Yeah, we'll
2: we'll see what happens now. (laughs) Um, No, I I was almost in a haze. I guess it's the best way to describe it. Um, It was constantly on my mind the entire day, and I... I don't know how to describe it, but there was just something different. It felt different. I've had very John Paul
1: vivid Jackson dreams. Said, when you get a, a strong prophetic dream, or a strong prophetic impression of any kind, it's like it's seared on your spirit. It's right. like it's, it's different than it's just gone through right. and you had it. It's seared on you. It doesn't leave.
2: That sounds right. Yeah, I've, like I said, I've had um, very vivid dreams that I, I remember the next day. I was like, I, I think about it, and then I slowly it slowly leaves my mind i don't think twice about it i could not shake this dream Mm -hmm. it was stuck on my mind all day long no matter what i did
1: so how long did it take for you to get an interpretation
2: a couple of days
1: so not long no so yeah it's just a burden and so you, you read about almost. You know my bones burned within me that you need right. that out of the the prophets like, right. this was burning in you you it, had to like get you had to share it
2: i you know I almost uh, I actually did towards the end of that day try to um just discard the dream and and I couldn't it, yeah. it,
1: hmm.
2: like you said it was burned in me. I could not yeah. get rid of it. Hmm. yeah, and so then I took the next steps,
1: and then you got an interpretation, and that felt
2: it felt fun. good it yeah. felt right mm-hmm. it, it i I still think that most of what I was told Mm -hmm. was very accurate.
0: Right. Well, it was, and it was accurate. It wasn't, it just wasn't wasn't the full. Exactly. It wasn't accurate. So
1: then as you started to see stuff come on the news from.
2: Well, I didn't, I didn't even actually make that connection. It was my wife who she was upstairs. There you go. There you go. She's yeah. She was getting ready for the day and I'm sitting downstairs with my daughters and I just hear her yell down the stairs, she goes, you just had that dream a couple of months ago. Does this not seem like the current events? Does this not seem like COVID-19 right now? And I was a little bit dumbfounded for a minute. I did not make that connection, which... It seems very much like this is in line with that.
1: And, and it's because it's not about you. It's, it's just what the Lord... You're, you're kind right. of the vessel the Lord has right. chosen to release this through, but it's not about you. Right. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's Isn't not. it cool? That's such it's an so honor. It's so cool. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a beautiful thing the Lord does. It is. Yeah. So how has it changed the way you feel about dreaming or how? Or has it changed? <laughs> I will listen to my dreams a <laughs>
2: lot more. Um, I won't hesitate to reach out if I feel like I have a divine dream. I'm going to pursue it. I think we have that obligation to pursue it. Yes, it was burning in me and it wouldn't it wouldn't stop even if I tried. Well,
0: you, you, but you but still can do nothing,
2: right? You, yes, you still you still can make that choice of pursuing it or leaving it. And so I would say that um, throughout this whole process I've been asked, okay, what are you doing with the dream? What is God telling you now to do with it? He must be telling you something. He <laughs> he showed it to you specifically for a reason. What are you going to do? Are you going to go cure this? And say, like, I <laughs> I'm just going to do what he tells me. He's, he's spoken to me, and I'm very confident that now. I feel very specific times where I'm supposed to stop what I'm doing and pray, and I'll yeah. get specific things to pray about. Um, and then I... Coming on here, I was a little bit hesitant because this is not something that i'm comfortable with i yeah. just i don't like public speaking in any way, but I felt um I felt that burden to yeah. that you need to do this
1: and you know i what I believe when you have when you have a prophetic word and this is just a way of receiving a prophetic word we're delivering a message for the lord it's like right. a mail delivery right. and how much responsibility does the mail carrier have on whether or not the bill gets paid or on whether or not very you know, little. <laughs> very little. Really, they just have to deliver the mail faithfully. Right. Right? And that's what you've done is delivered the mail faithfully. And then when the Lord gives you more mail, you'll deliver that mail, you I, know? I absolutely but it doesn't will. rest on you, yeah, t- as to exactly what happens.
0: Although to be faithful to whatever the Lord tells you to do with it. Right. I want to point out we there are these moments where we have these seared on us dreams or, or words or impressions that the Lord gives us. That doesn't mean this is the only time he's speaking. It's Correct. not the only time he's speaking Correct. to Steve. This, this, not is a, only, this is an unusual right. occurrence. Yes. Right. This is this was a standout, and it's yeah. obviously a standout season. This is a, a huge shift that's mm-hmm. going on in the world, uh, and like I said, I truly believe we are going to see the greatest move of God. That we've ever seen. There's a lot of great prophetic words around that. I believe there's a third great awakening coming in the United States, but I believe this is all over the world. Exactly. The the Lord said to me a few weeks ago. dream. That's all over the world. (laughs) I, I had a moment a few weeks ago where the Lord said, "Okay, now this this virus has impacted every nation in the world, every sphere of society." And I said, "Yes, Lord. Okay. What is why? What do you have to say about that?" He goes, "Now my justice." I have access to every sphere of society, every nation in the world, and the justice of the Lord is a great thing to see poured out on the world. So we just say yes to that because revival is coming to the whole world. This is a worldwide event. There's a worldwide revival, and nothing, 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 not a virus, not fear, not... And when you say justice of the Lord, you're not talking about God wiping people. Oh, out. no. Some
1: people will yeah, hear that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. clarification. Yeah. You're talking about the goodness of the Lord. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Because the justice the of the Lord is The justice of the Lord is
1: us receiving
0: yes. what Christ paid what for. What Jesus paid for. Exactly. exactly. Which is back to Isaiah it, 53, is back to the atonement. Exactly. Health. It's being made whole, spirit, soul, and body. Yeah. That, that those of you who are not able to find peace, that there would be rest and peace for your spirit, for your soul, that you would physically be made well. That is the justice of the Lord. That's what it looks like. Everything Jesus bought and paid for manifests on the earth. Hmm. So I'm a little you, excited about it. I got a little passionate. passion. Yeah. Like, oh, is there anything preaching. else
1: that you'd want people to know that are dreaming, Are are dreamers?
0: Or?
2: Listen to your dreams. Yeah. Listen to your dreams. If you wake up and you feel something different, pursue it. I mean, the worst that's going to happen is okay. Maybe it wasn't divine, but yeah. I bet that if you wake up feeling a certain way, there is something God's telling you.
1: Even there's a weight on it. Even if it's not seared in you like right. this one, there's a weight on it. And absolutely. You can tell the difference. Yeah. Absolutely. So, would you be comfortable just praying over our listeners?
2: Yeah, absolutely. That would be awesome. Yeah, um, dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you are present in this time. Mm-hmm. That although it appears to be chaotic in this world and there is chaos occurring, you are present and you are going to pour out heavily upon us all. God, we look forward to this revival and we want to partner with you on that. Speak strongly to us, just like you spoke strongly to me in this dream, but speak strongly to us and open our ears. Let us listen to your voice and guide us in all things and let us bring this revival forth that amazing things will happen through this this terrible disease, this terrible suffering that's occurring. We thank you, God, that you are with us and that you never leave us. And even though things seem so dark sometimes, you are there right beside us. We bless your church. We we thank you. We thank you that you are so kind, you are so merciful, and that you are so filled with love. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Thanks for being here. Steve. Thank, thank you, you so for having much. me Dream on, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our Dare to Believe podcast. When I challenge each one of our listeners to dare to believe God for greater things in your life this season.
0: Amen. And we'd also love it if you would subscribe, leave a review and a five star rating as well as share this with friends, colleagues, whoever would be encouraged by this message. Thank you so much, listeners.
1: Thank you for listening to our Dare to Believe podcast. We want to th- uh, thank you for listening to our Dare to you Believe. Gotta give give, a, give a quiet. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the. Uh, all right.